Welcome to the Sports Development Authority podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Wells, and because of my experience in esports, I dive deep into the aspects of sports from design and construction to program development and management, event and fundraising opportunities, and the overall effects that sports has on our youth and the communities they serve. Although economic development is a huge factor in youth sports, the true ROI comes from giving kids the opportunity to be a part of something so much bigger than themselves. Follow me through the tips and tricks I have learned along the way and various interviews with experts in their fields that will help you develop your players, community, and our future. I am so excited for this episode. I get to talk to my good friend, William Fauntleroy. He is one of the only four-year starting guards at Missouri State men's basketball history from when he played in 1996 to 2000. He will forever be remembered for the dunk. Uh, It's the one against the in-state rival of Mizzou, and you can find it on YouTube. It's a game that rocket propelled the Missouri State Bears to an incredible run in the Sweet 16 for the NCAA tournament. Uh, Southwest Missouri State, as it was called at the time that he was attending, and as well as me, uh, has become Missouri State in recent days, and Fauntleroy helped take the Bears to that Sweet 16. In 130 Bears games, Fauntleroy had 1,133 points. He grabbed 323 rebounds and led the Bears in assists his last three years with 471 for his career. After college, Will went on to play in overseas pro league, And he and his wife, Carolyn, who also was a member of one of the greatest Lady Bears teams of all time, she was a tough player as a post for the team and reached the Final Four in 2001. So with genes like that, there's no doubt that three of the four children of their home have gone on to play at the collegiate level. The fourth one, well, he hasn't even made it to high school yet, but he might have a different plan for his future, so we're going to talk about that as well. So I got to sit down with Will and discuss the difference in recruiting from then to now without NIL and with NIL. I made a post on LinkedIn about NIL and how it was starting to get into the high school level. So I've had a lot of traction with that. And I had several people that I've, a couple of people that I've interviewed that are on different levels, but me knowing you and some of the experiences that you've had, I thought it would be good to get some firsthand knowledge of what's going on out there. And so your story, you have, uh, four kiddos and one godchild and the your three you've had three that have gone to the collegiate level to play because you and your wife were both collegiate athletes yes and uh, before nil was even a thought way before nil was a thought <laughs> so you were telling me the last time we talked that you would play video games yeah we played um NCAA Live and things like that that would have our names and our our images and, you know, all of those things. And it was in the time you're thinking, hey, that's pretty cool. And then after the fact, you're like, hey, they're making a crap ton of money off of us and we don't see any of it. Yeah, which is exactly why NIL was. It's exactly why NIL uh, happened. Um, They're going away from the amateurism model and it's going to be basically a semi-pro league. Yeah. That's what that's what college athletics is going to. I mean, but you're also talking about a three billion dollar industry as well. Right. Yeah, definitely. Somebody's making money off of it. And it's not the players. <laughs> yeah. So being that you've had three now search out the college, one is getting to experience the NIL situation. How much did NIL change the recruiting landscape 
from your two oldest to the third. NIL has become a recruiting tool for some for some schools, depending on your state, your state legislation and how they control the NIL offers. Mm-hmm. Uh, some schools can have an NIL package. Some schools do a 360 NIL deal for the entire team. Some so explain that 360. NIL. A 360 deal for NIL would be kind of an all-encompassing deal. Take Texas Tech. Uh, I believe they did 25K for every player on their team. Wow. Uh, which, when you think about it, if you're going to be in the NIL landscape, 25K for a college student is a lot of money mm-hmm. on top of everything else they get on their scholarship. But it also decreases the tension or pressure in the locker room where you don't have, you know, player A that's, you know, got a crap ton of money from all her NIL deals and she's wanting to go and do. And then her teammates aren't getting anything and they can't participate in that maybe team bonding activity that they're going to have. So where NIL can cause some division amongst the the players and team Mm -hmm. uh, when they do those 360 deals like that. it kind of keeps that down and, and and allows the team to still be a team. And we're not out here searching for individual stats. So where does that 25 K come from? Uh, boosters, donations, uh, they go out and they raise the money outside of the athletic department. Uh, my understanding is that the athletic department cannot directly have an NIL fund, right? But an outside source or an outside acquaintance of the program right they can they can basically function as an intermediary and so then texas tech's athletic program is the one that mediates where that money how that money can be not necessarily the athletic program i don't think it has anything to do with the athletic director Uh this is separate apart from the athletic program so the boosters have compiled that they're going to yeah what they did under the table before they can now do above right and so now it's a little bit harder to get players at certain schools because now it's just become a bidding war. Right. If wow. I can go in and I can offer you 500K and this school's offering me 250. Well, if you're looking at the short term, mm-hmm. 500K is a lot. So some kids are going to take that money in lieu of making the best decision or picking the right school or the right program for them. They're just looking at the money part of it. And we've talked too that you you made that little comment, the long-term, you know, short-term, long-term aspects. What was it that directed you to finally, or your daughter that's currently playing at the collegiate level to go to the school where she is currently at? We tried to take NIL out of it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. NIL is extra for you to benefit in the NIL market. You first have to be eligible, which means you have to be a good student. Second, you have to play well. If we're putting kind of the cart before the horse, then we're going to miss our shot anyway. Mm -hmm. We have to keep the main thing the main thing. And basketball was the main thing for her, school and basketball. So we went into it looking for a community where she could kind of grow and thrive instead of looking to see how much money we're going to make. If she does what she's supposed to do or what we think she's capable of, the money will be there. If you go chasing the money, that's when you end up missing out on kind of the the journey. 
-hmm. Being that there aren't a lot of rules and regulations on the NCAA um, landscape for NIL, what have you guys and you and your family, because since both you and your wife are past collegiate athletes, what rules and regulations have you guys on as a family put on your player? School, basketball first. Mm-hmm. NIL is extra. If we're seeking out NIL deals all day, then we're not participating in class. We're not being the best teammate or the best student that we could possibly be for our team. If we're not producing on the floor, then your NIL deals are going to kind of dry up. So we have to take care of the basketball part of it. We have to take care of the reason that we're there. School, basketball, then we can get to the NIL. If you need money, I'm willing to help. If that means you don't kind of sell yourself in this NIL world and lose track of what you're supposed to be doing. Fortunately for me, I have a kiddo with a pretty good head on her shoulders. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of taken to the basketball part, uh, School part has never been an issue for her. So just her keeping that school thing first, it's allowed her to grow on the court. And now her NIL opportunities are there uh, as she needs them. Not to kind of stockpile a life savings, but just some extra money for her to go and hang out with her teammates. Or, you know, she wants a car, so she does an extra post here and there. You know, that way when she comes to dad and asks for something, I have a little extra to give. If I'm paying for everything and then you ask me for a car, now we're having a different kind of conversation. So NIL became legal, I guess you could say, the summer between her junior and senior year. So she already knew she was going to college. What things did she start doing or did you guys start preparing her for the senior year towards the NIL, knowing that basketball, of course, is number one. You got to get there before you're even going to get any NIL. But did you guys start planning anything? Did she start thinking that way? We kind of took the approach of just being a good person. Um, If you can articulate, if you can present, you can get your message across. That's what they're looking for. If you're going to be a brand ambassador, we can't have you on social media doing some of the things that they put out there and then saying, hey, here's this this kid that we're going to present as a role model to our younger one. No, you you kind of take it slow and easy and, and navigate, mm-hmm. I guess is the right word, because you're going to have some people that throw things at you that once you do the background research, you may not want to be associated with that. You don't want to kind of put that out there in the world for you know others to consume. And they're like, hey, wait, you're 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 a brand ambassador for this product. You know what they stand for. You know what they're they're asking of their kids or what, what products they're pushing. So you have to do some background work on the companies as well that are asking you. So that's something through this process that I learned and kind of, I guess, changed my mentality from is because we were talking about an app or software, a website, something where she can go to and look for opportunities yes it's like a open doors it's like a a free marketplace for the kids that that may not be as popular on Mm -hmm. the social media spectrum but they can go in and look for opportunities to help promote help uh you know drive products and they can set their price companies can find them just like a, a resume 
or they can go out and search opportunities as well. So it's like a, a free job market. And so she's learning how to be entrepreneurial just from doing that. Yes, and... because you go in and you set your profile, you set your price, you, mm -hmm. you kind of understand what you're worth, what your time is worth, and how much it's going to mean for you to take time away from being this student athlete. And it allows you to put a value on that time right? because you don't have very much time as a student athlete. No. And I think that that's important because even as adults, we don't always know how to value our time. No, as adults, we, we do, we do struggle. And I say all of us, we struggle with the time value. Right. Um, we find ourselves maybe playing on our phone a little more when we know we have some work we should be Absolutely. doing. And then we're stressed out and we don't understand why we're stressed out. If we can learn to manage those things and if we can teach our kids not to kind of repeat the same things we're doing, mm -hmm. then we're creating kind of a better environment for them. For a college girl to know, hey, this is my value. These are the people that I want to continue to hang out with, you know, so that's who she associates with. Yes, that, that's kind of the approach you take. Um, you know what you feel like you're worth. You know the amount of work that you put into this. Just take care of, take care of me and I'll take care of you. Right. So on that note, we, you, have, you still have one in school, um, junior high, and they're not involved in sports or at least not interested in it as much as the, and I say sports, the athletic sports side of things. Yes. So he is, however, interested in more of the esports. Since more and more colleges are starting to bring esports into their programming, how do you think that's going to affect him in regards to NIL? Because I think most of us think of it only from an athletic side of things, but it's so much more. It's esports encompasses so much. There honestly are some physical attributes to esports. I get on my son about not being as physically active as my other ones, mm -hmm. but then he'll pull out the Wii balance board and we'll get in some, we'll get in some steps. We'll do a little marathon or we'll play soccer on, on, on the Wii and we'll do things like that. You know, I'll catch him in there doing some exercises, you know, maybe some push ups or something on there. So there, there are some physical attributes um, to the esports. But for him, um, we're not in a rush to get there, but we're slowly but surely allowing him to build his kind of profile in his esports. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we let him start now, slowly let it out, um, let him do a little bit more each day. He's, his brother is helping him with this. So he's building his profile as far as being a esport athlete. And maybe when the time is right, uh, we'll have navigated this as well because this is so new that mm -hmm. it sometimes has my my head spinning. Yeah, I can I can only imagine. And I'm not a gamer. I try to game. Mm -hmm. If I win a, a match or two, he knows I'm leaving because I won the day, and I'm just gonna <laughs> give him a hard time. Might as well just George Costanza. I'm out. I'm yes. good. I'm gonna leave on that note. I won. I'm leaving. Yeah. The uh, so now that Missouri has more um, has released some of the limitations on their NIL for high school kids, that's that's going to start directly affecting him. So they're yes, hopefully we'll them. have um, hopefully our legislation has put in some guardrails that the NIL for high school students doesn't become more of a distraction or more of a hindrance towards the the college. Mm -hmm. 
if you're offering a kid an NIL deal in high school and they end up going all the way through and then graduation, they decide to switch. How does that affect the university? How does that affect the student? These are the questions that are going to start to pop up and Hopefully in the next you know, couple of years, we'll, we'll have that thing kind of ironed out where it can be a smoother process. Yeah, I hope so, because you and I both have seemed to draw more towards the young, the, the youth sports. You're currently coaching some girls, lower level girls basketball. And when I say lower level, lower age. Yes, yeah, my, um, my fourth grade group. <laughs> yeah. So you're coaching them. You know, everything's a trickle down. So it started with the collegiate level. Now it's going into the high schools. Soon it'll be even less. I've had a couple of people on my LinkedIn post that they have 11 and under that are getting their NIL deals. For you as a coach of that level, how... How will you direct that? Because there are no schools. I mean, your team, for instance, has a lot of different schools involved. So it's no longer a school factor or that school team. It's not a school team. Um, I have kids from probably four different schools. Mm -hmm. I just have to build them. It sucks to think of a fourth grader thinking about what they put out in the universe because you want them to just be kids. Right. But if that's the route they're going to take, we do have to... As adults, we have to have some guardrails for them not to not to let them trip over themselves and in, in growing up. And same thing for their parents. You have more access right now with the younger kids to direct the parents more so than a high school or a collegiate. Yes, because with the with the younger kids, uh, the majority of them have not been through it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're kind of dealing with a not blank slate, but a pretty clean slate right? where you can kind of get the information out. You can help guide or direct them through some of these things. Some of the older kids may have a misguided understanding of what this is and how it's supposed to function. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people think that, you know, Bella's made millions off of NIL deals. That's not the case. Right. Bella's made enough off of her NIL deals to, to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, to have a little bit above and beyond, but they also have to take into account the expectations that are added to these kids. So that that money that they think is just extra, that money may be going towards just just having a little piece of security, having a little piece of quiet, maybe getting a you know reserving a room off to the side where they can just be kids right. and not be stuck in this adult world of money and and fame and all of that. And you say, you know, NIL has, that money has a price and there's an expectation with it. You um, told me the last time about a situation where your younger group had an opportunity to get an NIL or a sponsorship deal. Yes, the, the younger group had an opportunity. The older group has been presented with an opportunity. If the dollars in the deal don't allow you to function, mm-hmm. The way that they have been functioning, which made them a good team or great team or however they're looked at to receive this opportunity, then why do we change the roadmap? That's the part that I struggle with. If company A comes in and says, hey, we're going to give you 30 grand, but we need you to be in these four events. If those four events and the travel and the hotel and all of that, you know, if it's more than what they're offering, What's the point in taking a deal? 
Absolutely. Are you starting to talk about some of your, talk to some of your older girls? Like maybe they're not on the high D1, low D1. Maybe they're a D2 or a JUCO even. Are you talking to them about that? Being oh, we have these conversations all the time. For their expectations. Yes, because if, if we go into it with unrealistic expectations, then we come out of it with feeling like there's more heartache. Mm -hmm. If you can be honest with these kids, if you if you kind of love on them and just be truthful with them, there's no telling. They they will do any and everything that you ask of them. Like my girls, I love them to death. When I see them, uh, it's like we haven't missed very much time. We have a text thread going. Like we still talk throughout the season. They still send their jokes. I can coach them harder just because of the time that I spend with them outside of it. Mm -hmm. So I can, I can ride their butt and I can be brutally honest at some point. If your goal has changed, my approach will change. But if your goal hasn't changed, it's my job to get you to do what you don't want to do mm -hmm. so you can be where you want to be. And if we're talking about we're going to North Carolina, knowing that we're a 5'3 guard that's not lightning fast and doesn't shoot the crap out of the ball, then I'm setting you up to feel like you failed at something. Where my goal, honestly, is just to get you to school, get school paid for, and give you a head start in life. That's what I'm honestly trying to do. And more often than not, I don't have kids that go pro. I have kids that become great people that are productive citizens, they help me fix my furnace when it goes out in the middle of the winter. And to me, I feel more value in that, in creating good, positive people around our community than trying to get that next pro athlete. Will and I have sat and had many conversations on all topics of sports, and he has the heart for the game, and I love that he has given back to the community that he played for and the training and the coaching of teams that he has with the young kids coming through that will be the future of our area. And it's, it's been a pleasure to know him. He mentioned the open doors, and that's open in D-O-R-S-E, like open indoors, like open doors for athletes that they can look at, as well as I met with a guy earlier today for Advantage Sports. I'm sorry, Vantage Sports. V-A-N-T-A-G-E sports.com and they offer a platform where athlete college athletes can go in register themselves and then young athletes can find them and book trainings with them so there's a lot of great opportunities out there for our youth as well as our college athletes to be able to find ways of making some additional revenue through their college years so again, thank you for joining me again on this episode of Sports Development Authority, where I dive deep into different areas of youth sports and what we can all do to help give kids opportunities for continuing play. And to make sure to check out my website at stacydwells.com, where you can find all the episodes as well as ways to connect with me. So until next time, see ya.